The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you're listening to another episode of The Crowncast. And if I sound like I'm recording a uh, podcast in a hallway, uh, the reason is I basically am. Uh, For those listeners who may not know, I'm moving. I'm going to a different location, but don't worry. Still going to be a part of the Charlotte FC family. Happy to say that. Uh, But at the moment, my house is completely empty. I am in an empty box. And uh, the only thing left in here is my recording setup to make sure that I can still get a podcast out for you. So here to be in an empty box with me is Jerson. Hello, Jerson. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be back. It's it's good to have you back, buddy. It's been a little while. Yes, yes. It's been it's been a busy couple of weeks. Have you, get have busier. You started any new like uh you know have you been an entrepreneur recently? Started any new businesses? You know what's going on with you? No, uh, actually, I'm getting married. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, congratulations. I wasn't going to announce on the podcast, but since you have, please, yep. everyone who listens oh. to this podcast, uh, find Jerson, send him a congratulations. I'm very honored that I'm going to get to be at that wedding. So thank oh, you, yes. sir, for the invite. Of course, of course. And of course, with that comes a lot of of just busy, busy schedule and and just going from here to there to everywhere. But I was able to find a, a wonderful time to be here and come back to the podcast, and I'm glad to be back. And I hope, I hope, I hope people are happy that I'm back. You know, I think that that's that's important. <laughs> I'm happy that you're back. I'm happy that you're that's back. All, and that's you, all that matters. That's all that matters. You're getting thrown into a tough one. So what we're yes. going to do today is we are going to talk about the vacant throne at Charlotte FC, which may not be vacant for that much longer, which is why we want to get it in today. Uh, Charlotte FC does not have a head coach. So we're going to talk today about some potential coaches that we could see coming into the role, the way we like to look at coaches, what coaches we feel like might do a good job, and talk about some coaches that have been linked but might not necessarily be what we're looking for. So, Jerson, I have the first question of the day for you. Okay, okay. It's your favorite club, which is obviously Charlotte FC. What type of coach do you want to see come in? Like, what? how would you describe to the fans, to the listeners, to yourself, to your own soul? <laughs> what type of coach do I want for Charlotte FC? <laughs> um, I think that as a, if I were talking as a fan, not an analyst, not, a, uh, not anything, just as a fan, I would want a coach to come in and fire creativity. Um, why? Because I feel like regardless of the goals that we scored, there wasn't a lot of them this year. Um, and then, alongside with the creativity in the offense, I would say that we need to really tighten tighten up on that defensive back line. That way, the games that we are winning, they don't end up being tied or lost. <laughs> so is, that, is that too let, specific? I was going to say, let me, let me get this straight. You want a coach that's going to make us better on offense Mm -hmm. and a coach that's going to make us better on defense. Mm. Is that asking for too much? (laughs) Would you say it might just be a good idea to get a coach who's better? Mm. You know, Logan, I (laughs) think, you know, we're, you know, you know how things get run around here, Logan. Uh, It is asking for a lot, but I do feel that as a fan, I feel like, and, and all the fans, um, around this area, I think it's only fair that we get a coach that 
improves everything. Um, if you look at it from a year one to year two numbers wise, there's not a lot of difference. We're almost, I think we finished the league this season with only one point above last season, which is yep. not a good representation for comparing your inaugural season to the second season. So, yes, I think that we definitely just need to get better, Logan. <laughs> yeah, we, we absolutely need to get better. I mean, you're right. Some of the things that I've looked at and the ways that I have broken down what happens when you get a new coach. There are only a couple of ways that you can do it successfully. And realistically, one of them is not available to Charlotte FC. You can hire from within. You can have somebody at the club who you think has the talent to go and step up and become the head coach. And maybe I should say two of them aren't really accessible to Charlotte FC because Charlotte FC already did this. We did this with Christian Latanzio, and doing it twice in a row is a, is a really big gamble from a media perspective. Because if you hire from within twice and the second one doesn't work, you are going to get lit up in the media. And I'm not even talking about like us on the podcast. I mean, you hire from within twice as a football club and both of them are failures and national media, football uh, media across the world is going, Charlotte FC has no ideas, has no plan. It's, it's, it's a club that no one wants to work at. So they had to hire some random guy from inside their team twice. And both of them were awful. It's a really, really big gamble. So I don't think it's something that Charlotte FC will want to do again. I liked that they tried it. I don't hate it one time, but I think you need a buffer manager from a different position. Does that does that feel fair to you? Or do you think that like you wouldn't necessarily mind seeing a, a Pamadou Ka or someone else from Charlotte FC get promoted from within? I personally feel that it it, it shouldn't happen just because of how we ended this year and i think you make a big point um it will be a, a pr nightmare for it to happen and the results don't come because then that starts to show us and people questioning us as an organization in general as a whole what are we doing in, the, in this league are we here just to for the ticket sales are we here to push for more and, and want to win that cup at the end you know are we are we just here just to <laughs> exist <laughs> we're just here we we just yep. show up. We're we're the vibes people. No, I'd like to be more than just the vibes guys, although the Charlotte FC fans do bring the vibes, and we appreciate you for it. The other route that I think is not really accessible to Charlotte FC is you can find a very successful coach from a lower division or a lower league, and you can tempt them to your club as a move up in the standings, right? If you are uh, coaching a... Uh, Man City, if you're coaching a PSG, if you're coaching even like a Monaco or, uh, you know, you don't even have to be the top tier, but you have to be sort of clubs that are looking at things like Champions League or or something like that. And you can find a really talented guy and you can go out and you can say, I think you're the one. I think you can do this at a higher level. Come get more money, be more famous. And a really good example of this is what just happened at Tottenham. Uh, there's a very famous coach uh, named Ange Postacoglu, who I, uh, people will know I'm an Arsenal guy, and I I personally hope Ange Postacoglu does not continue to do well at Tottenham, because it's Tottenham, but that doesn't mean I don't think Ange Postacoglu isn't a good coach, right? They went and they found somebody who was very successful, who was very good, and they brought him to the next tier up, 
and said, we think you can do it here too. Because of where Charlotte FC fits in the sort of greater world of football, I don't think this is a realistic option. I don't think you're going to be able to go to a Rangers or a Monaco or, you know, you're going to go into like lower league uh, Portugal and go, hey, buddy, we think you're really good. Come all the way to America for us to pay you roughly the same amount of money or less to have to start a team with no mm-hmm. character from scratch. Yep. Uh, do you think that there is a world in which this happens? Or maybe the better question is, do you think David Tepper will open his wallet enough to, oh. <laughs> to make this happen? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, um, there goes all of the chances of maybe bringing in Pep Guardiola or Carletto Ancelotti. We wouldn't see any of those here. And, were, and that's not even what, what you brought up. We're talking about people that really yeah. are lower than that. Um, if... If that is a possibility, let's let's you know humor me. Let's say it is. I I really hope that we have the the best, and I mean the best scouting staff to find out which of those hidden gems is there, right? Well, that scouting staff is is us. We're we're the scouting staff. So we hope to to throw out some interesting names for you. Some of them you might have already heard. Uh, some of them have been tossed around the club already. A few of them are a bit wild cards that we think are just going to be fun to talk about. Um, the final sort of ways that you can go about finding a coach is you can find a really promising first-timer, somebody who has put in their years as an assistant coach, who has a good reputation amongst coaches that have been successful, and you can go and you can say, come, come try and figure it out for your first time here. Obviously, we kind of did a combination of number one and number three with Christian Latanzio having never had a head coaching position before, but it's still, I think, a viable option, even if I don't love it. The final, uh, well, the final two kind of ways you can go about this is you can find a carousel coach. There are coaches across the MLS that trade jobs, kind of like uh, in football. If you go to American football in the university levels and the college levels, a lot of those coaches just bounce back and forth to different teams, and they tend to produce middle-of-the-road results. And one team will need middle-of-the-road results for a little while, so they'll bring them in, they'll get to middle-of-the-road, and then they'll go, well, now we want to be better than that, so they'll get rid of the guy. (laughs) So the carousel option is there for Charlotte FC, because let's be honest, right now we're below middle-of-the-road. We could use getting back to standard. The last one, and I think it's probably one of the more interesting ones, is you can find a manager that has failed at a higher level and is trying to rebuild their career. Somebody you know is successful at this level, somebody who has worked in similar situations, who went on to go and coach at the highest level and for whatever reason wasn't successful and now wants to try again and show that they've still got it. So... Having laid all those options out for uh, for you, Jerson, which of those feels like the one you would be most excited to see Charlotte FC take? Mm, well, it seems a little unbalanced. I would probably say say the last one that you just brought up because it's either that or we bring Christian back. <laughs> yeah, we bring Christian Latanzio back in. Uh, yep. So I'll give you a really good example. And this is an example name. I want to be very clear. We are not getting this guy to coach Charlotte FC unless something crazy happens. 
there's a gentleman by the name of Graham Potter. Very good coach, came through uh, lower divisions, did really well, eventually went on to uh, uh, coach Chelsea football team at a time at which Chelsea football team was a total and utter disaster. Graham Potter failed horrendously. It was a spectacular car crash of everything that can go wrong with managing a football team. How much of that was Graham Potter's fault? And how much of that was him being stuck in a team that had horrible management around it, him being stuck with players that were not, you know, capable of working together, and him having the job for like nine months or something ridiculous before he got fired? How much of that stuff comes together to say, is Graham Potter a terrible coach? Or is Chelsea a horrible place to be a manager and Graham Potter is a victim? You could potentially go find someone like that. Maybe not quite that high of level, but somebody like that who wants to rebuild. And you're right. I mean, for me, that is definitely a very interesting option. Jerson, I want to talk really quickly to you about the one that I'm just going to take off the table. Everybody, everybody wants to talk Jose Tavares at the Crown Legacy. And I'm going to take him off the table for this very specific reason. One, I don't think it's good for Jose Tavares. I think he needs another year or two years at Crown Legacy to keep steamrolling that league and become a fantastic coach. I think if he takes another year there and does what he does again, he can go wide open. All of a sudden, it's not just one year of something. It's proven repetitive winning from Jose Tavares. For him personally, I think that makes his career better. For two, he's another hire from within. And I don't think the pressures from the fans, from Charlotte FC, from the media are going to be kind to our friend down at Crown Legacy. And three, I think if he was the guy, he'd probably have been announced by now. You know, do you have any, any sort of thoughts on any of those three points? I think that, well, honestly, you, you knocked it out the park. We obviously don't want to do that again, at least not yet. We want to try and see what's out there first, maybe a couple years of this and that, and then maybe he can move up, which ideally would be the best case scenario. Um, that would, would really be a good story. But nonetheless, I definitely think that there's a huge difference between playing in the lower league and then playing in the MLS. There's definitely a, a lot more pressure bigger names, bigger arenas. It's just a whole different um, ball game. He honestly might not be ready for that just yet. And that that is not to knock on anything that he has done this season because they have been amazing. Um, honestly, it it is kind of like night and day when you see like what's going on in the bigger team compared to what's going on down there in the lower. But I think that he he, he needs to keep growing on that before he can take that big step because sometimes you can't just rush a work of art and that's that's said with a lot of even like the young players that we've talked about this season, you know. Mm-hmm. Another thing I think that has to be said about Jose Tavares, and again, I'm talking about a guy who I have huge hopes for. Like I hope his coaching career is insane, and I hope maybe one day it's at Charlotte. He dominated a league with a team that should have dominated the league. If you take the the cost to acquire uh, Nikola Petkovic alone, that's like the cost of every other team in this league. Not to take anything away from Jose Tavares. But Jose Tavares had some players in that that league that I do feel like were basically killers. You know, I think he did a pretty good job of bringing the best out of them. 
But even without a coach bringing the best out of him, some of them could have just wiped the floor with that lead. So let's go on and talk about a couple of people who could theoretically come in. And the one that I want to talk about first and foremost is the big name that got thrown around because he visited Charlotte FC. And I'm talking about him also to kind of get him out of the way. And that's Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Listeners of the podcast slash people who follow the Premier League will probably know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the manager of Manchester United, which is a small football team on the other side of the pond. So he comes over, has a has a sort of quick walks through the doors of every football club in America. And while I think that that's a nice touch, I don't think it's a realistic implication that he's going to be taking a job here. And if he is, he's probably going to go take a job with some superstar teams. Now, if you could get Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and I say this being a almost anti-Manchester United, I think you do it. I think you take it. Now, keep in mind, I'm an Arsenal fan. I hate this guy. <laughs> I don't think he has a great track record of coaching. I don't think he took a team with incredible talent on it in Manchester United and made it bigger. But a couple things he is, is he's an arm around the shoulder guy. He knows how to talk to players. He knows how to be their friend. And what was the thing we complained about with Christian Latanzio? He doesn't know how to be the player's friend. They don't want to play for him. Jerson, in your experience, how critical is it that a team wants to win for their manager? It is definitely one of the biggest, um, biggest things when it comes to coaching because one, you want to be able to have a great, um, just a, just a great environment. Uh, you have to inspire the people that are under you, right? You have to really make them believe that what you are telling them is going to lead the team to to win those games, right? Uh, important. It's very important to have a good relationship with all of your players, just because at the end of the day, they are supposed to look up to you, and if they don't feel comfortable. To, to come and talk to you about certain things, certain issues, then it's it's not going to create a good environment for the team. Yeah, the, the one other thing I can put in his favor, and these two things are big enough that I'm, I, like I said, I'd be outright willing to take him, even if I might, you know, I, I was listening to the, uh, the Charlotte Soccer Show, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody said they might give up their, their season passes if they have to watch Ole Gunnar Solskjaer even if I might be in that camp, he has connections. He knows people. He knows players, right? And we have just seen from what happened with the Messi phenomenon that if you get three world-class players, you will win in the MLS. If you brought in an absolute killer defender to sit beside Adils and Melanda, if you brought in a world-class show-stopping eight or a world-class show-stopping six, and you brought in an absolute showrunner forward, Charlotte FC will win games. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. And you know who knows those people? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> like, he is realistically someone who could go out into the world and say, hey, old buddy, send me whoever. Send me, yeah. send me the person who just got out of the Premier League and now wants the big payday and... He can come work with me, and we're going to make him the best player in MLS, bar Messi. He can do that, and that will win you games. So despite the fact that I don't think he's a real option, 
I probably wouldn't be upset. What are your, what are your thoughts on this one, Jerson? Well, I think that it one it would probably be a good look if we're able to attract someone who's who's managed a big club such as Manchester United, right? Um that will attract more people to us. But I, I also don't believe that, it, like you said earlier, if he had a chance to go anywhere in the MLS, that he would stop by the good old city and enjoy it. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I personally think it's a beautiful city, Logan. But if I had a choice, let's say if I was a manager and they told me, hey, Miami, beaches, uh, sunny, amazing weather, L.A., you know, beaches, beautiful weather, and then Charlotte, it rains, and then an hour later, the sun comes out, and then it rains again two hours later. Yeah, there's a few other places you might consider from a destination perspective higher than Charlotte. Uh, although I will say, at the rate Charlotte's growing, it seems like everybody else thinks this is a destination. So let's talk about the one who I think is on the top of most people's list, and... I think is actually kind of achievable. Let's talk about Giovanni Savarese. Do you want to have the first say on this guy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Giovanni, the one thing that I can, that speaks great about him is the fact that one, he has the experience, not just experience as coaching, but experience coaching here in the MLS, not just on a like a game-to-game basis, but on a winning basis. Five years for the Portland Timbers and as as you know, Logan, and I'm sure as many people here and that listen to the podcast know that he had a he had a lot of winning seasons. Mm-hmm. Two hundred and sixteen wins. I wanna say prior I don't know exactly, I think only like took seventy two losses, but when you look at that from the comparison from on a five year basis, then yeah, wow, that's that's a really good uh ratio to have. I do think that he can be a little bit of a just a little bit of a of a hothead. But I and I think that you spoke about this earlier, and I'll, I'll just add a little bit to it. I personally feel like that's not a bad thing, just because of the fact that maybe, maybe what we need is to have somebody to just start that that spark for the team and just get really get them going, regardless of of, of how it may be. What would you like to say? So yeah, I, uh, obviously Giovanni Savarese is at the top of a lot of people's list. His record with uh, the Portland Timbers speaks for itself. He has done pretty well. He has been there a long time. And I do feel like when you find a manager that you trust to take a a long-term position, someone who has proven that they'll be at a club for more than one year, two years, who you think you can let do a rebuild at your club, the fact that this guy is on the market, I do think he's going to be the top target for a lot of teams. And I think Charlotte FC has to consider him one of, if not the top target, as is evidenced by the fact that if you look at anybody right now talking about who Charlotte FC could go get, almost everyone is talking Giovanni Savarese. So he's 53 years old. He's young enough that he's still got some really good years ahead of him. He has another campaign in the MLS in him. He could do this again for 10 years and go on and have personal goals, set records for himself, uh, you know, rebuild another club, he can go out and it's not just him in the twilight of his career. He's going to have drive. And I think he's going to be young enough to connect to the players. Another thing that we can talk about, and this is a little bit more statsy, but if you look at his points per game over the time he was at Portland Timbers, 
he comes into that like 1.5-ish per game. And if you look at his points per game across all of his time coaching, he comes in about 1.64. If you look at what Charlotte FC has done, we came in at about 1.2. So that's a significant step up. I will tell you uh, the winners of the league last year had like 2.1, but place number two was like a 1.79. And 1.5 is more than enough to get you solidly into playoffs every year in the MLS. It's just going to be. You're going to be in that fourth or fifth spot with a 1.5 plus. Jerson, you know, thoughts on this? Do you feel like since this data comes from the MLS, it's applicable? I think that is very applicable, especially take if you want to compare it to last season, then you know, these numbers should easily get us in the in the top ranks of the season, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because yeah. at least in our area, our side of the table is not hard, clearly, since we made it still somehow to a play-in <laughs> to, <laughs> to make it to the playoffs. So I think that on a ratio perspective, just on a full-on an- analytics, then this is a very, very positive step up. And if he's... If, this is in a comparison in, within his five years. So I'd, I'll be really interested to see what it'd be like um, on a season-to-season basis. And look at the numbers from that perspective, right? I think that, I mean, he knows he knows how to win. Yeah, from he knows a, how to even win. From, a, from a personal perspective and from an analytical perspective, this man has got it. And he knows how to win in this league, mm-hmm. right? It's not like he knows how to win in Argentina, which, to be fair, if you can win in Argentina, I'd argue you could win almost anywhere. But it's not like he knows how to win in a, a off league in Turkey. Although I would say some people probably say Turkey and the, the MLS league are about the same level. He knows how to win, and he knows how to win here. So I think he's a really interesting candidate. I think he's somebody that I'm going to be looking forward to see if the club contacts. And who knows, by the time we put this podcast out, they might have hired him already. Let's go ahead, and I'm going to talk about a guy who probably no one has heard of. There are a few other names, Pamadou Ka, some of the other ones that have gone out there. I'm going to talk about a completely off-the-wall pick that I just think is fun to talk about. Let's say Charlotte FC decided we are going to make a statement. We want a big signing. We want somebody who has it all, who can do it all. We, we want the guy. There's a guy out there named Saeed Uwali, and he was previously the manager for the U21s at a little club called Ajax. Jerson, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Ajax, correct? Uh, A-J-A-X. Yes, yes. Yes. Actually, uh, actually, I know that club very, very well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ajax is world-renowned. Not only are they one of the best clubs in their division, they're probably the best club in their division, uh, they're world-renowned for being the best talent-developing club ever. This is a guy who not only knows how to acquire young talent, he knows how to develop young talent, and he knows how to do it in a system that doesn't have absurd amounts of money. Now, Ajax has money. I don't want to make any, like, I don't want people to go, well, I, Logan told me Ajax has no money. Ajax has money. But Ajax does not have Chelsea money. Ajax does not have Arsenal money. Ajax does not have Barcelona money. Uh, Ajax does not have PSG money. Ajax does not have Dortmund money. Ajax is a little club 
and they make most of their money by finding incredible talent and turning it into gold. Oh, and every year they win their league. That's That might not be true. Uh, Jerson, if you want to give me a quick Google to find out how often uh, Ajax has won their league. Every year Ajax is is in the conversation. So I don't know how I don't know how to spell Eredivisie. <laughs> the Eredivisie, yeah, the Eredivisie, Eredivisie. I, guys, I'm like such an American saying that. But this is a guy who left the U21s, and from what I can find, left to go get a job at the at the top level. He wanted to go and see if he could prove his worth at senior level football. This is a risk. And again, I don't even think Charlotte FC is going to approach this guy. But if you could, if you could go get this guy and say, come over to Charlotte FC, come to the MLS, bring your contacts, bring your amazing players from Ajax, turn us into the hot team in America for talent. You have a road for Charlotte FC that is just inspiring. Now, again, David Tepper would have to be very able and willing to open up his wallet to bring a guy like this. And then he would have to be willing to open his wallet to bring the players. But God, I would love to see a move like this happen. Is it Saeed Uwaldi? Probably not. But somebody in that mold, somebody who is, has shown that they can do it and has the right connections. I, I think I've gone all out on this. Do, do you think yeah. I've, I've run that into the ground? I definitely, I definitely think you've you've knocked it out of the park. To follow up on that question a little bit ago, Ajax has won the uh, has won seven um, of the last thirteen championships over there in Netherlands. Ajax, they have they are actually the highest winning team in the league in history. So right below them is PSV, but yeah. you know they they don't suck at football. Is the way I'm going to say. They're quite good. I'm pretty sure they're quite good. And even yeah. even earlier. I want to say whenever they played against Real Madrid, man, they they gave Real Madrid a really tough game. So. Oh yeah, they're a good team. So I'm gonna push us along for time's sake, and I'm gonna ask you to talk about Bruce Arena, a guy that we just got linked with. Ah yes, Bruce Arena. Well, what is a good thing about him? Um, <laughs> well, he has experience in the MLS. You know, he has played, he has coached. The New England Revolution. And good things there also comes bad things. And one of the things about him that is very known is the controversy. He's not very popular. And I say that even just from looking at social media and what people have said and, you know, their opinions. Not a very popular an um, answer for the team. He was removed from his position following an inappropriate and insensitive remark. Certain allegations, quote, uh, were very much confirmed. So we we don't, I couldn't find any deeper deeper information. No no matter how deeper I I dived in, but going back to what we said earlier, Logan, I think that this is a PR nightmare, <laughs> especially yeah. um, for a team that is in a city that is so diverse. But sometimes you you don't want to risk splitting the fan base. And if he is brought in, regardless of whatever his winning loss ratio could be, it could be very, very killer to what we have built. Any opinions, Logan? Yeah, Bruce Arena is not the guy. Uh, not for me. One of the reasons that a coach of his standing, he's 71 years old, he's been in the league a long time, 
uh, you know, I talked about some numbers earlier where I said 1.64 is pretty good. Bruce Arena's time with the New England Revolution has him at 1.75 points per game. He's broken a lot of MLS records, but the truth is there comes a point where if somebody's letting a guy like that go, it's because there's a problem. <laughs> it's because there's a real, real problem. And this one didn't feel like it was the end of the natural life cycle. It, it seems like something that was bubbling beneath the surface reached the surface, and they finally just said, we can't do this anymore. I mean, officially, he he turned in his reg resignation, I believe. I don't think he was fired, but it was sort of that conversation of like, oh, well, now that you've decided to fire me, I have just decided that I don't want this position anymore. So I, I don't think he's the guy. He might end up being the guy. I don't love the thought of it, but it is confirmed that he has come in for an interview from a footballing perspective, is he good enough to make Charlotte FC better? Probably. Is it what I want from my club? Absolutely not. You think anything else needs to be said? I think we just need to leave it there and and never look back. <laughs> yeah, never look back. Uh, the, the last one I'm going to put forward is another fun and wild one. And I'm putting this one forward because I like to dream. And uh, originally, we were going to have you in on this podcast and Ewan would have gotten a kick out of this one. Unfortunately, Ewan had an unexpected visit to the hospital. So if you are out there, please send Ewan some love. Uh, send him love from the uh, the Crowncast Instagram or the Twitter. You know, send him best wishes because we love the guy. And it, we hate to hear that he's, he's in the state he's in. To my understanding right now, he's okay. But obviously, never being in the hospital is never an ideal situation. The, the final one I'm going to put forward is a man named Jesse Marsh. And people who are fans of the Premier League might know Jesse Marsh from when he coached Leeds United, which is, of course, Ewan's home team. Ewan lives right next to Leeds United in England. And uh, he was kind of terrible coaching Leeds United. He was not a great manager. But what he was was a proven winner that stepped up. Jesse Marsh coached in the MLS. He is an American citizen. He was born in America. He is a young guy who is out to prove himself. And he succeeded in the, in the MLS. He was here for three years. He won his way out of the league. He said, I'm going to, to bigger ponds, to uh, greener pastures. And he stepped up. He then went on to, I believe he was the assistant coach to Ralph Ragnick in the Bundesliga for a while. And... Uh, long-term followers of football will know Ralph Ragnick as the man who stepped in at Manchester United for a temporary stint. Uh, a good coach. I, I don't think he's a, a super strong-willed coach. He's not one of the guys you look at and go, man, Ralph Ragnick, what a, what a, what a titan of the game, but somebody who knows football really, really well. So Jesse Marsh has seen the Bundesliga. He's seen the MLS and won in the MLS. He has gone to the biggest stage in the world, and he has fought the absolute titans of the game in the Premier League, essentially with a butter knife. Because anyone who watches the Premier League will tell you Leeds United does not have the resources of Arsenal. Leeds United does not have the resources of Manchester City. Leeds United is fighting out of their weight class. And while they weren't successful in that, Considering what I have seen of Jesse Marsh, one, he can be very, he can coach an interesting football. And two, 
he could come back to the MLS and rebuild his career. He could, given enough money thrown at him, go, you know what? Yeah, I'll come back to the MLS. I'll decimate the league for three years. I'll put you in a position where you're winning. You can sell players easily. You can easily bring in another coach because you're in a good position in the league. I will have proved myself. I will have had my rebound job where I just came and crushed it. And then I'll go back to the big pond. And you know what? I wouldn't be upset about that. I wouldn't be upset about that at all. For a team that's kind of bland at the moment, that really the only pillar of leadership and style is Ashley Westwood. This is a guy who has the connections in the U.S. He has connections in Germany. He has connections all over Europe. He has seen football all over the place, and he's young enough to go take another job where he can crush it. Jerson, now that I have put false hope in everyone's mind, how are you going to talk me off this ledge? Because we're not getting Jesse Marsh. That's a big task you just gave me. Mm. Well, it's almost we like can, I've been winding this up for weeks. We and, can never uh, say <laughs> We can never say never, you know. Maybe, maybe Tepper might might pull out the big wallet for for this. You never know. But likelihood, probably not. Although I do think that it would be an interesting thing to bring a person, if not him, someone like him, to 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 change up the team. Um, obviously, the tra- transfer market is not open yet. Until we get a, a new coach and until we see the the change in the team. Next season is either going to be the same or worse. One, because yeah. we're losing Sudarsky, most likely. I'm not obviously that's not confirmed or anything. He might stay. Who knows? But from a just a report porter perspective and from everything we've seen, he he's gone. If if Carroll stays, it will be because he's a professional and he's finishing his contract, not because yeah. he's fighting his hardest to be at Charlotte FC. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. From that perspective, with, we're we're just going to be the same or even worse than last season. So, With everything we've said today, and it doesn't have to be somebody from this list if you want to pick another, another manager. If you could go to David Tepper and say, this is the guy, who do you think it's going to be? Or who would you, who would you tell David Tepper to pick? Well, I think that finding someone from South America would be really interesting because the game in South America is really great. Um, there's one coach that I love and it's near and dear to my heart. His name is Ricardo Gareca. That guy right there, he's Argentinian, and he knows he knows the game um, like the back of his hand. I think it'd be interesting to bring someone in like that. But of course, bringing in someone like that could not spark too much a connection with the players just because of the language barrier. So I think that whoever they bring in, there has to be a a very selective way of choosing who they bring in. And figure out what exactly it is that they're trying to, to you know, like what what are the the check marks we want to check off as we as we get a new coach. Yeah, I think we are going to have to think about how we check those marks off. For me, it would be Jesse Marsh. Like if I if I could just go to him and say find find this guy, pay him what he wants, bring him here, get it done. I think I'd probably go with Jesse Marsh. I think the one who is most likely and the best option is Giovanni Savarese. Again, I feel like he's been talked about to death. So if you want to hear more about him, uh, go check him out online. We're going to see who, who comes. Right now, the throne is empty, and we'll see who sits on it. Uh, Jersey, you want to go ahead and wrap it up there? Yeah, I think that there's, I don't think there's much more to be said until next week 
when the whole world is filled with more news about Charlotte FC that we didn't see coming. Yep. We, it, will, it will absolutely be a bunch of names we did not even think about. So mm-hmm. uh, on that somewhat depressing note, thank you so much, Jerson. Of course. Glad to be back. And thank you, the listener, as ever. Uh, we know that you have a lot of places you could spend your time and you choose to spend it with us. So we love you. We know it's the off season. We hope you're enjoying your time off from the, the, the footballs. And we will talk to you again next Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your holidays. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.